Look out, here comes The Blitz, a podcast dedicated to covering all the local sports in Sumter, Lee, and Clarendon Counties. A member of the Item Podcast Network, presented, as always, by SKF. SKF Sumter is a global world-class employer providing a clean, conditioned environment, platinum benefits, and opportunities for everyone to grow. SKF proudly manufactures bearings to serve the medical, defense, and robotic industries. SKF, the world of reliable rotation. To apply today, go to skf.com. Welcome back to another episode of The Blitz. I'm Tim Leibel, and on today's episode, we've got Sumter High head girls basketball coach Jeff Schaefer. The Lady Gamecocks are in the midst of a playoff run, having just beaten Lexington in the quarterfinals of the 5A playoffs to set up another trip to the lower state championship. We brought Jeff into the studio to talk about their first three playoff games and look ahead to their matchup with Somerville on Friday. Let's get to it. Well, Jeff, thanks for coming in and talking a little Sun Tribe basketball. You know, you guys are coming off of a big win last night uh, to advance to the lower state championship. You know, just how do you feel about where your team is kind of at right now in the postseason? Well, first of all, thanks for having us here. Um, yeah, you know, we're excited about it. You know, we came up short last year, and I think the kids have kind of got a greater understanding of what it takes to get to that to that championship game. And hopefully now they know what they need to do to get over the hump and actually win one. So we're excited about it. We're, we're about where we expected to be at this point in time in the season, to be honest with you. You know, we had two really, really tough playoff games and an easy playoff game, obviously. And I think those two tough ones that we played in the last two nights are really going to help us for the semifinal game on Saturday. Yeah, and one thing that you kind of talked about after that Wando game that, that played into that Lexington game was the physicality there. And, and how do you think the girls have responded to playing a couple of physical playoff games back-to-back? Well, obviously winning two games in a row <laughs> speaks kind of for itself, I guess. But um, they, Lexington wasn't quite as physical as we anticipated them. You know, we were watching them on film, and they looked a little bit more physical than they were. But goodness gracious, they came out and shot the ball lights out last night, which we knew they could do. We knew they could shoot. So it was it was kind of the same, but yet it was different. You know, the, the size, the way they play the game, the tenacity, that they, the grit that they displayed. And both coaches do a great job with those programs. And so – you know, it, it's obviously going to help us moving forward, um, you know, looking at Somerville coming up on Saturday. Absolutely. And I want to get to Somerville in a little bit, but to kind of talk a little bit more on that Lexington game where, you know, that was a game that was down to the wire there. I mean, you guys let that lead kind of slip away there in the uh, in the fourth quarter. And, you know, what did it say about this group, the ability to close that gap again, get that lead back and finish off a win with a team that, you know, has a couple of seniors on it. But the, the core of this team is kind of that sophomore class. Yeah, I mean, the whole game, really. I mean, if you looked at it from a from a quarter-by-quarter quarter standpoint, you know, the first quarter we got out to the 10-point lead, I think, and then they, they cut it and closed it down, and then it was kind of back and forth in the second quarter, and I think we were ended up being up by like maybe six at halftime. And then the third quarter, good gracious, I mean, I don't think either team wanted to score. It was like who could play the best defense against the other team. And so that quarter, I think they may have scored six points, and we scored like two so going into the fourth quarter, it was like, okay, all those other quarters didn't matter at this point in time. Now it's going to be just a, it's going to be a prize fight between here and, and the end of the game. And it was, it was great to see our young kids be able to overcome that. You know, last year in the state championship game, it was the same kind of atmosphere, and they didn't overcome it. You know, and, and last night kind of showed the growth and the maturity that they've made as players from, from last year to this year. And I think if we hadn't had that experience last year in that state championship game 
that last night's game outcome might have been a little bit different. But, you know, they just fought through some of the adversity. The crowd was into it. You know, our baseball team and our boys' basketball team were both there. And, and that kind of gave them a little bit of extra juice down there in that fourth quarter, especially on that, on that far end when they were playing defense. And, you know, I gave our, our head basketball coach some credit for bringing his kids in there last night because I really thought that that, that atmosphere, it just kind of supercharged them there at the end of that game and kind of got us past a, a very difficult situation. Yeah, and I mean, what did it even mean to, to get to play that game on your home court? Like you mentioned, to have that environment and to play a third-round game at home is something that you don't always kind of get a chance to do. Yeah, the playoffs, you know, it, it, playing at home is a huge advantage. And our gym is, is fairly long. Our court's kind of a bigger court than some that you see. Um, and so it makes a difference. It, it, and it's a, it's a, we had a good crowd last night. The environment was, you know, obviously playoff-type environment. And so, obviously, being home is, is a big advantage. And we, we play better at home, and we shoot the ball better at home. And you would expect that. It's your home court. You practice on it every day, and you play on it. So, Well, and on top of that, too, you know, um, you've talked a lot about, you know, needing somebody other than Kiara Krosky to kind of step up. And last night, Raquel Brown was that for you. And talk a little bit about her, um, you know, stepping up in some key moments last night. Because, you know, like you've kind of said, all playoffs – in crunch time, it can't just be Kiara because people are going to kind of key in on her as games go on. Yeah, that, that fourth quarter was really big for her. I mean, she she stepped up. She's one of those players that her athleticism is is probably her strongest suit at this point in time, and and just being able to see the floor. She sees the floor extremely well. So you know, she grabbed that that loose rebound there in a key moment off the off the bench, and then went from one end of the court to the other and, and scored that layup. And that was really kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, but, you know, for her to be able to do that as a sophomore with not having as much playing time maybe as the other sophomores last year speaks volumes for the, the work that she's put in, you know, in the off season and, and, and obviously during the season this year. Yeah, and then, of course, you can't talk about this playoff run without talking about Key. And, I mean, she has really kind of taken her game to the next level. And, you know, talk a little bit about the, the kind of evolution that you've seen out of her this season where she's a girl that's been around the varsity for so long that people kind of take it for granted that, you know, she's been in a lot of these moments. But still just a sophomore, and, and she has come up with three big games for you now in a row. Yeah, I mean, she plays, you know, a lot of basketball. She obviously plays on a very good AAU team in the summertime. And, and so she's got that experience of, of playing with other kids where she doesn't necessarily have to be the focal point. And so one of the things I was so pleased with, the last, especially the last three games, is she understands that, you know, she's got some good players around her here at Sumter High, but she needs to be the one because she's got the most experience. And, and, and you're seeing that over the course of the last three games. It's just gotten better and better from that standpoint. And I, you know, I look forward to continue that, that path through the next two games, hopefully. Yeah, and, and how cool is it to be her, see her kind of take that locked-in mentality where, I mean, you know, I, when we talked after your first playoff game, you, you said kind of she was locked in from when we're, you guys were eating dinner before the game. And, you know, even in a ball game where you guys won by 90, she stayed locked in that entire ball game. And seeing her have that ability to, to flick that switch and leave it flicked uh, throughout these playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's hard for kids, and I don't care whether they're a freshman or they're a senior, to stay locked in for, you know, an entire 32 minutes of a basketball game and it's something that we preach on a constant basis you know in fact we say after every timeout when we get together our, our thing is all 32 and um, by that we mean we've got to play 32 minutes and you can't play 30 minutes and expect to win every single game you can win some games by playing 25 minutes against certain opponents but against your really good opponents 
you got to bring it for 32 minutes if you expect to win. And last night was kind of one of those games where we had to be locked in the whole time. And I think as a leader, she's by leading by example, the other kids follow suit. They see that she's locked in and focused on what she's doing. And so they kind of step up their game and, and, and lock it in too. And, and that's obviously what you would expect your, your point guard and your leader to do. Absolutely. And, you know, as you guys have kind of gone through these first three games, you know, who else are some of those girls on the perimeter that you think are, you know, kind of right there of, of kind of breaking out a little bit? Who who are who have you kind of keyed on a little bit? Well, you know, obviously Kells is, is another good shooter and she can get to the basket. And Kaziah, our, our other guard, she she's in a little she's been in a little bit of a shooting slump, but but I think I think we can get her out of it. It's just it's it's just a matter of adjusting a couple things in the way she shoots. She's gonna be fine. But she's such a tenacious defender out on top for us. And even with her size, she gives people fits just because she's so quick. Her hands are so fast. So, you know, on the defensive end we're really relying on her to be out there, but at some point in time I expect the shots to start falling for her, too, because she made some key shots for us last year in the playoffs. A couple big threes in the state championship game. A really big three in the game right, um, the semi, I guess it was the quarterfinals against Somerville where she hit that three right at the buzzer at the first half after they'd made a little run on us and Key was on the bench. So I can I can see that. She's she's going to be fine. She, and I told her that last night. I said, you, know, you go through those periods, you know, even the best shooters uh, on the planet have, have an off night once in a while. And so I think she's going to be okay. Delasia Brunson, who kind of plays both, you know, she's one of those scrappy kids that get a lot of loose balls and putbacks and things like that. And then both Shamira and Alicia Spann on the inside, they're, they're both doing yeoman's work that doesn't get a lot of stats in the book, things that you don't see, you know, blocking out and getting those extra rebounds and knocking foul shots down when it, when it needs to be done. And so it's really a team effort. There's not – any one person that I expect to step up and, and, and contribute more than another at this point in time, it's, it's got to be a group effort. And we talked about that after the game last night. We said, look, you know, moving forward, we got to be firing on all five cylinders from here on out. Everybody's got to be playing. And I always tell them, it's okay to be nervous before a game. If you're not nervous before a game, then I kind of worry about, you know, where, where your mental focus is at, I guess, for lack of a better word. It's okay to have a few butterflies. I said, but when you come out, you shouldn't have any butterflies on defense. You got four other teammates that can help you. If you make a mistake, they've got your back. Offense, I can kind of see you being a little nervous handling the ball, maybe getting a little tight on your shots. So what we try to do every night is we try to focus on the defensive end first. Let's let's create the defense first and dictate the flow of the game and and go from there. And so it's really kind of a total team effort when it when it gets right down to that. And I've been you know really happy with the entire team, even the ones that don't get a lot of playing time. You know they kind of look at you and you go, well, you know we don't get a lot of playing time, but but practice. You're our practice people. You're the people who are putting in the time to make the five that might start better. And nobody sees that except the people that are our practice. And so their time's coming because they're even younger kids. So, you know, it, it, that's what we try to focus on with, with kind of a whole team approach. Absolutely. And you mentioned, you know, the defensive effort. Um, and, you know, that Wando game in particular, I mean, you guys had about as good a first quarter as, as you guys have probably ever played um, with how well you guys were able to turn that ball over and, and get easy baskets kind of early. And, you know, talk a little bit on kind of your defensive mindset and where you think that this group kind of is slotting into um, what your goals are on that side of the basketball at this point. Well, you know, I'm a big believer in, in, in playing a matchup zone. Our zone has a lot of man-to-man principles in it. And, you know, at the next level, they're going to be playing a lot of man-to-man basketball at the college level. So we try to infuse some of that with what we do. And we kind of go game by game, really. We look at, like last night, for instance, Lexington, we knew had 
two or three shooters where Wando really only had one that could really stroke it from outside consistently. So a little bit different approach. You know, we could kind of slough off in the paint a little bit against Wando. Last night we couldn't, and and when they got hot, we were losing sight of some of those shooters, and we weren't getting out quite as quickly on defense as we could have. Then in the fourth quarter, especially late in that game, our perimeter players picked up almost straight man-to-man. They were really out putting a lot of pressure on the ball, and that was really what I think was the key to the game. So it fluctuates. You know, we we do it game by game. You know, we're a matchup zone team. We don't do a lot of pressing. Um, You know, it's something that we want to work on, obviously, moving forward to get a little bit better at that. And and we just like to mix up our defenses. You know, we were going back and forth between a couple different defenses last night, and we've got a couple other things in our pocket that we can use if we have to. We just haven't had the need to use it at this point in time. And what we've been doing, you know, has been successful. So, you know, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Absolutely. And, you know, you got Somerville coming up, you know, on Friday or on Saturday, I mean. And with that game, this you're facing a team that you played once already this year. You faced them in the playoffs last year. Um, what have you kind of taken away as you've kind of looked back at those two games, which I'm sure you've done already a little bit here, um, where uh, I'm not sure how much carryover they have from last year's team to this year, but from the last couple of times you've seen them uh, play in person, what's kind of your biggest takeaways? Well, again, you know, they're, they're a well-coached team. They're long. They're athletic. They get up and down the court really, really fast. And the thing that I take away from the last two times we've played them is, is absolutely zero. <laughs> And, and by that, I mean, I don't want us to even be thinking about that. I want us to be thinking that, you know, we've got to play them and it's a whole new ball game, whether we beat them by five or whether we beat them by 15 or whatever, or if they beat us, it doesn't matter. It's got to be the here and now. And I've said this a hundred times, and I guess this is 101, but I always tell our kids, the rear view mirror in a car is smaller than the windshield for a reason. And so we've got to be focused on what's out in front of us. And we can't worry about what happened in the past. Sure. As a young kid, you're going to be kind of have that in the back of your mind someplace, but it's our job as coaches to get them focused on the here and now and not worry about the you know what, what, what transpired in the past. But you know, looking at it from a coaching standpoint, they do a lot of things really, really well. And like I said, they get out, they pressure you, and so we're going to have to protect the basketball. You know, we're not going to be able to give them a lot of second and third opportunities getting shots because they are a little bit taller than we are. So those are some of the things that we're going to stress in the next couple of days in practice. Yeah, and have you kind of gone back and look at their their two playoff games so far to see kind of uh, are there three playoff games so far to see you know maybe how they've been playing differently than when they because I mean you guys played them early in the season this year so ha- has there been kind of changes in what they've been doing since you know you saw them in December? Yeah, for sure. They started out the season pretty well. Won you know won a few games in a row and then they lost they lost I think like four maybe five games in a row in the middle of the season. They lost to us and Lexington, but their big post player was out with a concussion. So she's back. So it gives them a different kind of dimension than they've had in the past. And now that they've closed out the season, they're scoring a lot more points than they did early in the season when she was out. So obviously that's going to be a factor going into Saturday's game. Yeah, and you know when you are such a guard-heavy team going against a team where uh, they have somebody that's dominant down low, you know what is kind of the approach that you guys take to to try to slow her down when you guys really run so guard-heavy? Yeah, I, I can hear my assistant coach right now hollering in the background. She's not even here. Ball pressure, ball pressure, ball pressure, ball pressure. You've got to put pressure on the ball. Uh, if you don't put pressure on the ball and they've got bigs and they get it into them easily – then you got problems in your hands. So our, our whole philosophy is we've got to get out and put pressure on the ball to make that pass difficult and at the same time allow the people who are defending their post players to be in a position to, to, to be there on, on the top side. And uh, so that, you know, that's been our focus all year and, it, and it's going to continue to be. Well, and, 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 
does a game like this make, you know, Alicia a, a big important key where, you know, you've got a couple of, of good post players, you know, Alicia um, Span are – yeah, Alicia obviously with her just sheer size is is really going to be important because while you have some other post players that do a great job of getting on the boards and things like that, they don't quite have the size and just the the imposing presence that she kind of does down low. Yeah, obviously, you know, obviously you want your post players to be, you know, be solid down there. And the thing with Alicia is we we've kind of discovered this as the season gone on. We've actually not started the last couple games. And it wasn't anything that she did. It was an intentional thing on our part because I think it allowed her to kind of watch the game from, for a few minutes before she actually got in there so she could see what the opposing post players were doing. And she's responded extremely well coming off the bench like that. Uh, and we did early in the season, too. I think at the Lakewood game uh, was one where we didn't start her, and she came in. I think she had like 18 points in that game. So it's going to be important for her. And, and the difference that I see in her, and, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but when she plays with a little attitude and when she plays like she's upset and mad – she plays much better, and I think sometimes she's a little nervous getting out there, and so that's why we've kind of, kind of let her get into the game a little more slowly in these last couple games. And you know, it doesn't always show up in the stat line, again, because she may not be scoring a lot of points, but she's taking up space, she's cutting down the passing lanes, she's in the way when they take those inside shots. So there's a lot of other little things, and that's why I always tell all our kids, and guards included. If it's not working on the offensive end, you got to find something else to do, and that's on the defensive end. You know, if you look at a game of basketball, 80% of the time you don't have the ball in your hand. So what do you do with that 80%? And I think Alicia is a classic example of that, where that 80% that she doesn't have the ball in her hand, she does other things that you don't see unless you watch film. And so, you know, she she's definitely going to have to do that Saturday as well. Absolutely. And when they've got somebody that, you know, is kind of central down low, how does that translate to the defensive side of the ball? You know, when you've got so many guards that are going to be doing so much on the perimeter and then looking to drive, you know, what is going to be the challenge for them kind of finding their looks when they've got, you know, somebody big in the middle? Well, the, the, the key there, again, is, is being on the top side on defense. We, we, we stress that every day in practice where we've got to keep the contact and be on the top side between the ball and, and, and the defender or the person you're defending, excuse me. And so if we do that, then, then it frees up our guards a little bit to be a little bit more aggressive because we've got some of those passing angles cut down. And then getting our hands up, you know, and then releasing off the post player and going out on the shooters on the perimeter and then the guards having to come back. So all of that equates into getting good rotation. And in the game last night, um, especially in that second quarter, our rotation wasn't quite as good as it had been in the past games, and that's why some of those shooters were getting those wide-open looks on us last night. And then once we started rotating a little bit better in the second half, you know, that was that was a big key. And, of course, you know, late in the game, you have a tendency to get a little tired, and those shots aren't quite as falling as freely as they were, and then the score gets tight, and you, you tighten up a little bit. So, again, you know, it comes back to just doing what we do as a collective whole. Yeah, and as you guys are kind of flipping over to the other side of the ball, you know, with you know them being so, kind of so focused on on a player that's down low, does that kind of free things up for your guards to kind of find those open looks around on the outside with you know Raquel and you know if Kazai can get going? In theory, that's exactly what you <laughs> want to happen. You know, we we always say you know, let's get it into the paint early and then look for our outside shots after it gets loosened up a little bit. And some games we're just not able to do that. They pack it in so tight on us. And, and fortunately, we've been able to you know we've got three kids that can shoot the ball pretty well from outside. So. We've been, we've been lucky in that regard. But, you know, I tell the kids all the time, how many NCAA tournaments do you ever watch to where a team comes in and they've got the most – they shoot threes the whole game and they're really good at shooting threes and they go into the NCAA tournament and all of a sudden the three-point shots go cold. Now what are you going to do? And so 
you know, that's kind of the philosophy that we've taken. That yeah, you're getting your shots, but we still got to get it into the post players because at some point in time, we're gonna have to get some scoring from inside. Yeah, we talked about a little bit about how you know that state championship game experience you know helped you guys last night. How do you think you know the the overall kind of playoff experience that this group has uh, coming into uh, you know Saturday and traveling down to Florence and playing that game will help them as as they're looking to uh, to get back to another state championship game? Well, obviously the last two games, I really felt like Wando and Lexington both played about as good a game as they'd played all season against us. And even though the Wando score was a little bit deceptive of the final numbers, that was a closer game than, than, the, than the score indicated. And again, like I said, they were physical. Last night, it was a nip and tuck game. You have to have those close games to be able to experience it. And it's nice to be able to win those close games because, you know, when you're blowing people out, you know, what are you really learning? Are you really learning anything? You know, you might be learning a little bit, but you learn a lot more when the game's on the line. It's tighter. You can figure out who's going to be a little bit more relaxed, who you can count on. And so all of that weighs into that experience, obviously. And, and again, all but Alicia, I think, were on the court a lot last year in the state championship game. Raquel might have been the one that, again, with Alicia probably didn't have as much playing time because Taj was out there. But, you know, that's going to help obviously, and then having a, a game like last night is going to be very beneficial going into Saturday because I anticipate the same kind of game. Well, and is there also just an added benefit to the simple fact of going and playing a, a big game at a neutral site where, you know, the, the jitters that kind of come from, you know, traveling to, you know, the Florence Center, you know, the, the girls that played, you know, at Aiken last year and have played in Columbia in years before that, um, do you think that that adds to it, just knowing how to go and travel to a big neutral site game where everyone's coming out to watch one round of basketball uh, and kind of play into things a little bit? Yeah, I, I, without a question. Because the, and, and the biggest thing is the shooting, the goals. The goals look so much different when you're on a court like that because there's no background. It's just it's like they're, they're out, out there in space. And so it's, it's a little deceiving when you look at it as a shooter. So, yeah, having that experience, having played in, in, the, in that gym you know, last year and um, – I think there was a tournament game this year where we actually had a portable goal that we played on too and that, that obviously helps so yeah that's going to be a big factor i mean we're used to riding i mean if you look at our beach yeah our beach <laughs> schedule i mean we do a lot of traveling so florence is really a home game <laughs> so to speak so yeah it, it, i think that experience will help yeah and you know we've talked about a lot of different stuff but what is the biggest thing that kind of needs to go right for you guys to get back in that state championship game next week well i think the biggest thing is just to come out and play with the energy that we've displayed the last two games I mean that's obviously key uh, and then just good fundamentals I mean I was telling the kids last night before the game I said at this point in time it's not about X's and O's anymore it's about executing you've got to go out and execute on both ends of the court and if you do that with the energy level that we're capable of playing with then good things are going to happen and so you know I think that's a big factor going into Saturday as well all right Jeff well I think that's all I've got for you man thanks for coming in and chatting some hoops with me and look good luck this weekend Appreciate you having us, and go Gamecocks. And that'll do it for this week's episode of The Blitz. Thanks again for Jeff uh, for coming in to chat a little basketball with us, and we're looking forward to seeing how they do on Saturday. Be sure to tune in next week as we continue local sports conversations here on The Blitz. For the Item Podcast Network and Studio Sumter, I'm Tim Leibel. Thanks for listening.